Welcome to Marksman, a program for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman. I want to welcome you to the show today. And joining me here today in the conversation is my son, Sam. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program. And welcome. We are excited to join you and to have you at the table with us, so to speak. You know, if you can, just use your imagination, even if you're driving, just imagine. Imagine yourself just sitting at the table, just some guys talking. That's what's happening here. Like uh, King Arthur's Round Table. There you the go. M- that's that's much much better. Yeah, and that go. Cool. You're just, we're all sitting here. We're Everyone's sitting got here. a spot. Everybody's got a spot <laughs> at the table. <laughs> so no, seriously, well, we fun. are excited to be with you today, and uh, we're going to begin really kind of a series of programs, and really hope you'll join us throughout this series um, here on Marksman, and hopefully you'll share this podcast with your friends, your other guy friends. And again, these programs can even be shared with your unsaved brothers out there, you know, your unsaved friends out there, because it's going to give them an idea of what Christianity is really all about. It'll answer a lot of questions about their faith. And of course, you know, anything that inspires faith from the word, they can respond to it, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth, and they can be saved. So that's right. Don't don't just think this is just for believers only. Man, don't hesitate to share this program, even with some guys out there that you might be witnessing to maybe at work on the job, and you've been sharing in your faith, they know your testimony. Um, this might be another resource. Say, hey, check out the program. That's right. And if you're listening, and you haven't been saved. Welcome. We're just going to talk about some stuff that the Bible says, yeah. and how it really actually applies. You know, a lot of times you can hear this idea of theology, or you know, just stuff that seems to never seem to apply. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a cool thing about God, but that doesn't really help me with what I'm doing. Yeah. Even but, the word saved. Yeah. So you might be thinking, well. Saved from what? What you know? Am I dying here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, even the word "saved" sometimes doesn't always connect with some people. But you know, saved and lost; those are Bible words that we hear. You know, referring to those that we're reaching out to with the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. But here's the beautiful thing: is that something that was very precious to God was lost in the garden. He lost the trust of his children. He lost the trust of his son, Adam. And, of course, Jesus, the last Adam, restored that trust. So what was lost, the trusting relationship between God and his family, that was lost, and it was recovered. What was lost was saved. And, of course, who he's wanting to save was you and I. Absolutely. Because we were the ones that were all lost. And so it doesn't mean you're not making money. doesn't mean you don't have a great career. doesn't mean you don't have a family. doesn't mean you're not smart, not intelligent. None of those things. It's all about what was God's plan from the beginning, what was lost, and what was found. And how do we hook up with that? So we're going to read actually back in line with this. We're going to read some testimonies, if you will. That's right. We're going to read some stories and more references. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's some references to some people in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. um, and what they did and and just kind of just like a highlight reel, uh, specifically even, you know, this is specifically targeted at men, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot of guys in here, leaders of their family, heads Mm -hmm. of households, you know, what they did and how God's remembered it in this little section here. Amen. And so you could say this is like the Hall of Fame. 
yeah. of faith. Of faith. <laughs> you know, it's not the Hall of Fame in football. It's not the Hall of Fame in basketball. This is the Hall of Fame in faith. These are men, like Sam said, these are family heads. These, these men had wives. They had families. But these men followed God. And you might say, okay, well, what's that got to do with Christ and how I follow Christ? I, you know, if I'm aiming my life at Christ-likeness, why does it benefit me to study the lives of these men? Well, as you get into this, you're going to find out Jesus himself found himself in the word. His life became the ultimate fulfillment of the promises God made to these men. Yeah. And the way these men grew in their walk of faith, their walk with God, and you begin to get into the stories of David and Joseph and Abraham and different ones we're going to study and talk about, you're going to see elements of who Christ is, what his life fulfilled, what his life revealed. And so as we study these men's lives, it's going to shine light on Christ likeness. That's right. So let's just go ahead and begin. Hebrews chapter 11, like Sam said, this is like a highlight reel, kind of like if God was going to put a little Facebook post together or a yeah. little string of, of uh, hey, I'm, I'm proud of this, I'm proud of that. Of course, he, he's not proud. That's the wrong I'm word. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Here's some, here's some kids <laughs> I'm really pleased with. And so uh, here you go, Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And by it, the elders obtained a good report. Like Sam said, that's a testimony. Yeah. So what we're reading here is God's testimony, God's report on some of his sons. And by it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were made out of things which does not, which do not appear. And so let me read this in the Passion. Faith brings our hope into reality. It becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith, I like that, Sam. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke the invisible realm and he gave birth to all that was seen. That's right. And, you know, again, it takes an important understanding. It's important to understand, I guess, let me phrase it that way. You know, that we are supernatural beings. We're not yeah. just, you know, a lot of this stuff sometimes gets lost in translation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things in world today, in society, you know, the idea of supernatural things happening, especially mm-hmm. in the Western culture, in like America, Canada, these areas, it's almost like... Yeah, that was just a way people excused, you know, what <laughs> yeah. they didn't understand. They made up a story to explain what they couldn't explain. What they couldn't explain, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. But in reality, no, there were some things that supernaturally have happened, and they're still happening. Amen. You know, the fact that, you know, you breathe. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah, science can prove, well, it happens. There's a reaction, but what starts it? What They've never found the, the extension cord. Yeah, where did, where, yeah, where did it plug in? Where did I mean, your we're all wireless. <laughs> yeah, how does that happen? So, because by principle, if it's just a scientific thing, then if someone dies, then they shouldn't stop breathing. Yeah. If it just is supposed to happen, if mm-hmm. a body works, it's mm-hmm. just supposed to happen. Yeah. No, you can't explain that away, except there's a supernatural creator that has breathed life Amen. into his creation, which we read about. Yeah. You can read about that in Genesis. It talks about when he formed man, it says he yep. breathed 
into, into him. him. And then in Acts, when you hear about the disciples, people being born again in the Spirit coming, Hello. the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. then what happens? It's breathed in like a Amen. mighty rushing wind, the Spirit came, came in. in. So it's it's important to understand just that foundational level, mm-hmm. that when we're talking about these things, these stories of these men, these testimonies of these men's lives, yeah, you know, it's very easy to forget the supernatural. It's even, it's, I mean, the last spectacular thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do we forget stuff? Yeah. Just like in an instant without even trying. It's not like we're trying to be forgetful, but so much happens in life mm-hmm. that it's very easy to forget. And it's important we always bring back the testimony or just the story of, hey, let's not forget what happened. Yeah. Let's not forget what happened here. You know, and we just read there that through the word of God, everything that was made was created with his word. Now, this is interesting. Sam, you've done some you know teaching along these lines before, but notice it wasn't man that he made by speaking man he formed from the dust of the ground out of what he spoke he he created the earth and the heavens with his words he created the sea and the stars with his words but man he formed with his hands out of the dust you know the minerals that our bodies made of and the the water that our bodies made of the flesh you know everything was formed from the dust of the earth and then like sam said and he breathed into that creation his breath of life and i had this in my spirit when you were talking sam you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I'm a self-made man or that person's a self-made man. Well, here on Marksman, what we're talking about is being a God-made man. That's good. So why don't you just say that with me if you're listening. Say it out loud. I'm a God-made man. That's right. So God's still working on us. We're the clay. He's the potter. And just like he was forming Adam in the beginning, he's still forming us today. And see, that takes the pressure off. I mean, how much yeah. of life is like there's this pressure to be something or be, you know, get this done, do this. I mean, it's like if you're not the one that's doing, you're not doing all the heavy lifting, but you're mm-hmm. trusting someone else to, <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Life is so much more relaxing, so much more peaceful, so much more enjoyable. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, when you get your checklist of stuff done, then what? You got time to just relax. Yeah. Well, if you're constantly realizing that everything that you ever needed, Christ has provided. Jesus said, the Father knows everything you need. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers in the field. They don't even sow or reap. Yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. How much more valuable? Are you to you know to him than they are, Amen. and you know then he talks about how you know even you who are evil or those who are not born again, you know if your kid asks you for a piece of bread, you're not going to give him a scorpion. <laughs> That's right. You know how much greater does your father love? You know, in other words, God's always looking out for our good, and when Amen. you have that understanding, that revelation, yeah, you know, and the only way that can be revealed is if you hear it. That's right. You got to hear it. Someone's got to say, "Hey, you know how good God is." Yeah, He takes care of us. And like you just said, God's a father, and and we're not going to be a better father than he is we're not going to be a better dad than he is but seeing him as father that's one of the beautiful things that jesus introduced into faith in god is he revealed god as our father so let's look at abel because god's family has already begun he created adam and eve and they of course we understand genesis 3 They sinned, and the result of their sin was, of course, death. They were separated from God. He had to remove them from the garden. Yeah. And so after that has happened, they then begin their family. And so we're going to jump into the story of God's family at this point, because in our Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith, we see verse 4, faith moved Abel 
to choose a more acceptable sacrifice or offering to God than his brother Cain. God declared him righteous because his offering of faith, by his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Yeah. That's the Passion Translation of Hebrews 11.4. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. This is where we see the story of Abel and Cain. Because what God is testifying, he's given us a testimony about his son Abel, and that Abel chose an offering, he chose a sacrifice that he received, whereas his brother Cain did not. And therefore, Abel was declared righteous because of his offering of faith, and therefore he still has a voice even to you and I in our lives today. Yeah. So let's let's see, Sam, what we can dig into this and in our conversation. What can we learn about Abel and the story of Abel and Cain? Because, you know, you got a brother. Just try to, and this is what I do when I read these stories. I think, okay, these are two bro- brothers. And I think about our sons, Sam and Dan, they're about five years apart. You know, Sam's the older one. And so I try to put myself into the story, reading it, realizing these are two young guys. And I'm sure that when they were growing up in their early days, who would have ever thought one would actually murder the other one? But that's what you're going to see in this story. The very first murder recorded in our human history is right here in Genesis chapter 4. But here God is commending Abel, and that offering he brought that was so good in God's eyes started a very, very downward spiral for the human family. That's true. So Genesis 4.1, it says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, Genesis 4.1, and she conceived and bare Cain. And then she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So when the King James says he knew his wife, that's that's the intimate knowing that was he was intimate with her. He had, you know, had sex with her. She conceived. She brought forth a son and his name was Cain. Now, here's here's something we have to do before we know. I already kind of tipped the hand of where the story goes. Yeah. But before it even goes that direction, realize Cain is the first child. Yeah. Now, how, how many dads out there remember your first son? I'm sitting here looking at my firstborn son. Yeah. You know, and I know the feeling I had when Sam came into the world and his mom and I, how we felt when he came. I can say we have obtained a man from the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I didn't quite say that verse when he was born, but that would have been cool. <laughs> I've obtained a man. The doctor would probably look like, dude, you're, you're one of those religious nuts or something. That's I've funny. obtained a man from, from the Lord. Lord. Now, the man was a seed, you know, like all children are. But this is the beauty. She received a man. She received a son from the Lord. And here's the beautiful thing. Before this story goes south, realize there's many, many good years together. There's many, many good years that build up to this. And then again, she then again bare his brother, Abel, the younger brother. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, don't let this be about what one is good, one is not good. That's just where they found their skills. Yeah. One was a tiller of the ground. That was Cain. One was a keeper of sheep. Abel that was Abel. Abel might have just liked animals a little he, more. Exactly. You know? Hello. It's as simple as that sometimes. You know, what you said earlier, Sam, was real important. I want to circle back to it. That sometimes we get lost not recognizing the supernatural yeah. because we're always maybe 
trying to see something spectacular. But yeah. what you just said right there is so important. You know, maybe Abel just liked animals. You yeah. know, look at the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they are leaning. And when they were old, they won't depart. That's true. Now, a lot of times, you know, obviously we want to raise children up to know the Lord. That's what we've endeavored to do. But what that scripture is talking about isn't just train them up in godly things. The scripture says train them up in the way that they're leaning. In other words, they're going to have God-given interests. They're going to have God-given talents, you know, and skills, just kind of a skill set or an interest set or a a perspective, the way they're they're interpreting life. And, and, you know, you'll begin to see that early on in their life, and it's going to identify something that they're going to be good at, something that God could anoint, something God could work with to affect the world we're living in. That's true. And like you said, so leaning, so you say Abel, maybe when he's a little kid, he's out playing with animals. Mm -hmm. He's out talking. Talking to the animals, you know, yep. he's he's trying to pet him. He's trying to ride him, and you know, but Cain, he just was like, he's over playing in the dirt. He's over playing in the dirt. <laughs> he's building with wood. He's creating uh-huh. chairs, you know, or whatever. I mean, you think about that, mm-hmm. or maybe Cain liked to cook. Yeah. You know, so there's all the, you know, the plants, the veggies, yep. he's learning how to grow them so he can make a good salad. I mean, and he's like, hey, bro, bring me some meat for tonight. Exactly. I mean, you think about it. I mean, what is the, what was the dynamic there? There exactly. was different ways that they were leaning, different skill sets that they had, mm-hmm. you know. And it says, verse three, so in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So now is where we start getting into the the nitty gritty because things have really, really turned here. You know, everything was all sounding nice. You know, these are two young boys growing up. Now they're young men. But it's interesting that we see them bringing an offering to the Lord. So where did they learn that? What's one of our our famous phrases here in our home, Sam? Well, children learn what they live. Children learn what they live. Exactly. So where did they learn to bring offerings to the Lord? Where did they learn about offerings? Obviously from their parents. However, God instructed their parents, Adam and Eve. They instructed their children, Abel and Cain or Cain and Abel. They instructed them. So in the the home, so to speak, they're, they're under the understanding that they bring an offering to the Lord. And they're instructed how to bring it. Now, there's been several theological debates over, well, he shouldn't have brought, you know, there was no blood in the plants. He needs to be a blood sacrifice. We're not here to split that theological hair right now. (laughs) Because to be honest, and I'm not trying to make light of what's true and accurate. I'm just saying the bigger point here is the issue was faith. Yeah. And faith is tied to obedience. And we weren't there. We don't know what was said. All we know is that God is not unreasonable. That's true. And that's going to be part of our discussion as we go through with this and we go further into it. But we do see that he received Abel's offering. He did not receive Cain's offering. And let's just suffice it to say 
How many would agree God had a good reason to receive one and not receive the other? Regardless of theologically, whether it should have been a plant, should have been an animal, should have been a blood sacrifice, you know, it could have just been a matter of did he bring his best? It does mention that about Abel that when he brought of the firstlings of the of the flock and the fat thereof, other versions, if you read some other paraphrases, he brought his best. Yeah, he brought his best little sheep, his best little lamb, and so maybe it was matter. It wasn't a matter of meat versus you know plant. It could have just been a matter of did he bring his best? Yeah, that could have been the issue. Well, I like what things. you said. You know, his faith. You know, again, you break down faith. A word that you can use to break down is trust. I like it. Yeah, you know, so you have Abel coming to the Lord, putting his trust yeah. in the Lord. Yeah, whenever he gives his offering, whereas Cain, you know. Could have just, I mean, you don't know, he could have just had a real rough year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says as time passed. So, I mean, exactly. time's clearly going. Maybe came a real rough season. Plants yep. weren't really growing. Wasn't Bad a lot of rain. Crop. Bad crop. And, I mean, he's feeling the pressure of life. Mm-hmm. And he's just worn down. And his trust in the Lord mm-hmm. is just, it's not there. Yeah. He's just, he doesn't feel favor. Whatever he's got, whatever lie, maybe he might be spinning in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's because later on it talks about sin crouching at the door. So, there's something that's clearly, he's maybe yep. just disgruntled maybe thrown off had an off week I, li- off, I like that you know Sam. so he's coming to it his maybe his his trust his in trust. the lord is not there yeah it's his offering isn't reflecting his trust so he's just you know he's doing the thing he's like yeah. oh, i need to bring an offering so i'm gonna do it yeah but he's not really putting his faith behind it yeah he brought again, his checkbook to the church so but, to speak yeah but, but that doesn't mean he's expressing and releasing gratitude trust or, or gratitude. trust to the lord That's where good, abel Sam. was because in in hebrews 11 it says God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, though he died, still speaks. So it was yeah, his faith that his mattered. Faith. And it was and we know back to what we said, what was lost in the garden was trust. Was trust. Faith in God. So was Abel lost. had trust. That's right. And Cain, like I said, there's a lot of reasons why he can be mistrusted. Yeah. And obviously going through the motions with God is not enough. That's absolutely right. I mean you go to the New Testament, we'll make a real quick sidestep here. Um, in the New Testament, Jesus even addressed in Matthew 5, if when you bring your offering to the Lord, and it's really not a sidestep, it's actually a point <laughs> yeah. we're trying to make here today. You know, when Jesus said, when you bring your offering, if when you bring your offering there, you remember you have ought or your brother has ought against you. Hello, is that not our issue right here we're yeah, reading? exactly what's going on. I mean, if you remember there, your brother has ought against you. He says, put your offering down, go first, and be reconciled to your brother. In fact, let's just, rather than a sidestep, let's look at that real quick, Sam. We'll mm-hmm. come back to Genesis 4, but go to Matthew 5 That's with me. Because remember, when God spoke to Cain, he said, Cain, why are you so angry? Mm-hmm. Why well, you know this offering wasn't and we accepted. just read his he got angry he got angry and his face fell exactly so verse twenty three Matthew chapter five therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and that's what they were doing at Cain and Abel bringing gifts and there you remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar go your way first be reconciled to your brother then come and offer your gift agree with your adversary that just means that's not saying the devil that's saying somebody you're in adversarial position with yeah get agreement find agreement find reconciliation while you're on the way lest he your adversary though that you know he's against you deliver you to the judge the judge hand you to the officer you'll be thrown into prison and surely i say you won't get out till you paid the last penny 
But here's the issue. Jesus said, before you bring your offering, make sure you reconcile with your brother. He said, first, this is a bigger issue. See, it wasn't about just, you know, I want some crops here. I want some blood on the altar here. It was about, I want your trust. And ultimately, I want your heart. And see, that's a that's a vital thing as men to hold in the family. Mm-hmm. That is like the stake that will keep a family together. Amen. You know, if you want something that, you know, how do I keep my family together? How do I keep my kids? Mm-hmm. Keep trust. That's right. Never break trust. Don't lie. That's right. Don't be two-faced. Don't that's be right. double-tongued. Yeah. Don't be saying one thing somewhere. I mean, be honest, be mm-hmm. clear, but keep trust. Yeah. I mean, that's something you got to guard with everything within you. Make sure that you're trustworthy mm-hmm. and that you allow and teach your kids to be trustworthy. Yeah. But you stay in that place where, like this said, before you even do anything remotely exactly. that you would even call a religious thing. A spiritual thing. Make sure that you are first and foremost, okay, we got to make sure if there's we're at odds or we're in yeah. disagreement or there's yeah. an accusation, we got to deal with this first. Yeah. This has got to get sorted. We got to talk about it. We got to address it. If there needs mm-hmm. to be repentance, apologies, do it. If we need to pay something, we need to pay it. Yeah. I mean, get that figured out before you even take a step towards that and guard that. Amen. So good, Sam. So good. And so back to Genesis chapter 4. So I wanted you to see that again. As you can see, it wasn't a sidestep. It really is one of the main points we're trying to get to here today as we study the men, Cain and Abel. You know, they were bringing these offerings to God. They were serving the Lord. They were loving God. They were bringing their offerings. One received In other words, one had his offering received, one didn't. So there's also a point we could make here too, Sam. Yeah. God doesn't receive all offerings. That's true. Just because we put a check in the mail, just because we put a check in the offering plate or cash, just because we go online and we, you know, we sign up for that monthly gift and we, you know, recurring support, you know, that kind of thing. Just because we're sending the money. Paying our penance or whatever. Paying our penance or, or just, I'm saying, just sending the money doesn't mean God's receiving it. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean God's receiving it because God's looking at our heart. Remember when God was choosing a king, he overlooked all those other brothers and chose David because the Bible says God's looking at the heart. The heart. And so that's what was going on. Something, and you brought that out. You know, there obviously wasn't trust in his heart. There was, it may or may not have been what he was bringing. We'll leave that for the theologians to sort out. Yeah. But we do know for sure it was a matter of the heart. He wasn't, he wasn't coming with faith. Cause exactly. Because otherwise Hebrews 11 wouldn't mention the faith of Abel. <laughs> exactly. So there's, there was a lack of faith that Cain had in, in his giving. Yes. Which again, you break faith down. We're talking about trust. Yeah. He was not trusting. And we see that God rejects the offering. He does not receive it. So here's where we got to begin another part of our conversation, Sam. And we alluded to it earlier. God's not unreasonable. Yeah. You know, you, let's break it down this way. Sometimes you hear people say, well, I suppose you could, I could probably never pray enough. You know, I could probably never read my Bible enough. Yeah. And I could probably never go to church enough. I mean, and they say those things, but what is that actually implying? It's implying that God is somehow unreasonable. He's just, I'm never going to appease him. He's expecting too much of me. I mean, there's just no way I could ever please him. And yet we're reading a whole chapter of men. Yeah. And there's some ladies mentioned, but I'm saying a, the bulk of these individuals are men that God says, I'm pleased with them. So let's just 
push that cow over, that sacred cow. You can please God with your life. Absolutely. You can be at the end of your life and hear the words from Jesus, the prince of faith. Well done. Well done. My good and faithful servant. It's possible. So you have Cain here in this situation. Mm -hmm. His offering, for Cain's offering, he had no regard, my translation says. He didn't. He didn't regard it. So Cain was angry and his face fell. So then this, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? Mm-hmm. So right here, he's very quickly getting involved. Yeah. You know, as a dad, you know, I remember there was times where I I got upset. But you were very quick to get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not good to let people stew. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of times, and unfortunately, for some reason, there's this push that somehow the silent treatment is a valid way to deal with something. Come on. It's absolutely not. That is one of the most damaging things you can do to another person is give them the silent treatment. Yeah. Or expect them to, I mean, that is honestly one of the most selfish, and I'm 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 being as serious as I can be. It's one of the most damaging things you can do to a relationship is give someone the silent treatment. Yeah. You know, expect them to try to figure out what you want. Or as a parent, let your child child just go to the room thinking they'll just go to the room and they'll figure it out they just need some time alone no they need to be trained and mentored and guided how to work through the emotions they're feeling because they're real yeah don't damn them for the emotions but let's talk about it and see when god came here he's not slamming cain yeah he's asking questions he's trying to get cain to be honest about how he's feeling he's trying to get cain to be honest because obviously he had something about his brother he was obviously something had been building in his heart and he had this angst against his brother because it obviously happened He, he killed Yeah. But here's the thing. God's trying to get in and talk to Cain. He's asking questions. I see you're angry. I see you're sad. Let's talk about it. What's going on? And, you know, one time it it just totally changed me forever when I realized, you know, I don't have this this experience yet. I do know the joy of being a parent, but I don't know yet the joy of being a grandparent. But I've heard it's awesome. I've heard that first grandchild, you know, when it comes. I mean, who can compare what that feeling is like? In addition to already having had, you know, children of your own. But here, if you can imagine it just a little bit, let your imagination go there. Cain is like God's first grandchild. I mean, he was the firstborn of Eve and Adam. So this is like God's first grandbaby. Yeah. So he's coming to talk with his grandson. He's coming to talk with his grandson there. He's asking him the question, why are you angry? Why are you sad? And he says, verse seven, if you do well, Will you not be accepted? In other words, you're thinking I'm being unreasonable here. I'm not being unreasonable. If you do well, um, you'll be accepted. But if you do not do well, here's the issue, Cain. Sin is at the door, and its desire is to have you, and you need to rule over it. Now, you think about it this way. Again, you break this, bring this into a home environment, okay? Say there is chores that need to be done in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, Abel. He does his chores to the T. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like clean, nice. Well, Cain, you know, he's been around longer mm-hmm. and he just, you know, he got tired, whatever reason. He didn't do his chores all the way. So now, you know, mom comes in and, you know, say something's not done. He's, you know, he was supposed to dust. Yeah. So Cain's supposed to, you know, dust all the window sills, clean up, you know, spring cleaning. It's, you know, things got kind of, so it's deep cleaning. Yeah. Okay. Well, she comes in and checks out, hey, you know, there's still dust on these ledges. These you didn't finish. You need to, you know, give keep, the old white glove well, test. You know, you could either. I mean, Cain in that moment, he's, you know, he instead of saying, "Whoa, 
okay, you know, you're right. Yeah. I know, I know mm-hmm. this is how I need to do this, yeah. but I didn't do it that way. No, it was, well, you, you're treating Abel like he's some saint. He got the, you know, he brought Hello. the easy job. He got, the, so instead of taking responsibility, mm-hmm. he's now deflecting yep. and blaming it on Abel. Yep. Well, you know, you're treating him, unf- you know, when he comes down, whoa, up. I'm not unfair. You know what you're supposed to do. We've already discussed this. This is, you know how to do this. You could say, you know how to bring an offering. Yeah. I've accepted. I mean, it doesn't say he never accepted an offering from exactly. Cain. It you, said this You'd have one. to read into scripture to say this is the only time they brought an offering or it was the first time. It's like, well, It never man, said it was the first time. No, it does not say that. You'd have to add to scripture to say it was. Because here, I like what the message says. God spoke to Cain. Why the tantrum? Why are you sulking? Yeah. If you do well, won't you be accepted? If you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you. It's ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. So it's like, you know, if you can imagine, you know, every dad out there, sometimes, you know, as a father, you know, you got to be that that coach. You got to be that coach that's trying to get their athlete to go to the next level, to push them, say, come on, let's call it out. Let's face it. Let's own it. But man, let's overcome it. We can do this. You can do this. You know, that's how God speaks to us. And now looking through the cross, looking through the blood of Jesus, looking at our relationship that is with God through Christ Jesus, we know God is on our side. If he didn't withhold his only begotten son, Romans 8 says, how shall he not also freely with him give us all things? So God's for us. So, you know, as we're reading this story and we're, we're looking at this testimony, God is really trying to help Cain. He's reaching out to Cain, asking him questions. He's even giving him advice. He's giving him counsel. He's saying, this is what's going on, but you've got to master it. But Cain had words with his brothers. They were out, this is verse eight, they were out in the field. Cain came out at his brother Abel and he killed him. And then God said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, how should I know? Am I his babysitter? I mean, I'm telling you, there was some serious unresolved anger and jealousy or envy or hurt in Cain's heart. And that's what God was trying to address in verse six and seven. And that's what God will always try to do to us. And, And so when we're talking about this great hall of fame of faith, we're seeing how Abel how he brought this offering, it was accepted, it was received. You see by testimony, your obedience to God and God's blessing on your life is going to make some people angry. It's going to make some people want to reject you. It's going to make some people try to come against you. It's going to make some people, maybe they won't murder you in the flesh, but they may try to murder your reputation. They may try to murder you on social media. They may try to murder you at work and and turn all the rest of the employees in the break room against you or, or put a bad name into the boss or a bad word into the boss, try to turn the boss against you. I mean, there's a lot of ways this can, this can play out in our day life. But here's what we're digging into today. God is for us. And if something like that is on the horizon, he's always there ahead of the event, trying to warn us, trying to prevent it from happening, trying to stop the devil from getting in and stealing, killing and destroying. That's what he does, right? exactly right. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. But God is there for us. And so that's why Sam and I, we wanted to 
to to be on this program with you here today, just to encourage your heart. Well, and as men, you can you can be that for your family. Yeah, you know, see, it's it's important we understand everything Jesus did. He did as an example, mm-hmm. and so you see Jesus here working. Yeah, you see what he did. How he was he's called the last Adam. You know mm-hmm. how he works. He creates a a place in the, in the cross. Yeah, that, hey, okay, now you can begin to walk like I walked. Yeah, which means when sin crunches at crouches at your door or your family's door, you have the ability to master it. Amen. You have the grace of God on your yes. life. The favor of the Lord is with you. He's, we have the wisdom of God. He's He's here to help. Yeah. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You can master over this. You can get through this. Yeah. And there's a way. And you know, and here I am talking, you know, to my son, but you know, he's he's a brother. He's a brother to his brother. And sometimes siblings have to work the, some things out. And so sometimes you got siblings, one is, you know, loves the Lord, the other ones don't. You know, uh, sometimes they don't share the same faith, their same level of faith or commitment or surrender, however you want to describe that. And so it's just so important how how this story plays out, we just have to know God is redemptive, that God wants redemption, and it's going to take honest and open conversation, sometimes conversation that confronts issues. Yeah. Sometimes you got to confront things. You got to have that tough talk. You got to have that tough uh, discussion, whether it's with your children, whether it's with your siblings, your brothers, your sisters. You know, hey, there might even in some dynamics, you know, there might be a situation where a son or a daughter, you got to have that tough talk with your parents. You got to initiate it. You got to say something that you see and and out of yeah. the love and, you know, uh, the, the fear of God in your heart. You know, you got to say, hey, dad, mom, can we talk? Because it's all about God pursuing redemption in our homes. Absolutely. It's all about God pursuing redemption in our lives. And I know that one thing, one of the reasons we have this program is we know that if God can reach the men in the home, if God can reach the men, he can get the home. Yeah. And so we're reaching out to you today. We're believing with you here today. And so we've just begun this uh, series in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. And we just dug in just a little bit. And some of these issues, you're going to see them come up again and again throughout this chapter, because how many family issues will repeat themselves? Yeah. Family issues, the human family. If they're not addressed, they will. If they're not addressed, they will rise again. (laughs) And so, you know, love will confront it, love will address it, and there is a way to master it. That's one thing we learned from this story. And we also learned from Cain, I'm sorry, from Abel and his testimony, you can please God. You can. So let's 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 end on a high note here. You can you know, we focused on kind of what went south with Cain, but Abel was the one testified of in Hebrews 11, and he was testified that his offering was received, that he pleased God, and one of the issues he had to address with Cain was Cain thought he couldn't please God, that God was unreasonable, but God is not unreasonable. He's not. And he can be pleased, and you can please him with your life, you can please him in your walk of faith as a man, as as a Christ follower, someone who's been marked by Christ and wants to aim their life at Christ likeness, and we want to thank Thank you for tuning into the program today. We hope you'll share it with your friends, your family, your other guy friends. Again, whether they, whether they love the Lord or they might be an agnostic or an atheist, hey, say, hey, check out this program. Check out this conversation. That's right. And if you want more information about us, you can always check out our website, SpelmanMinistries.org. Mm-hmm. That is S-P-E-L-L-M-A-N Ministries.org. There's plenty of information about us. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, at Spelman Ministries. 
stories, mm-hmm. like the pages, follow us. Um, there you can send messages if you want to get in contact, as well as on our website. There's a place where yeah. you can get our email and get yeah. in contact with Sign us up for that, that email. You can just uh, sign up on the website, of course, or you can just email spellmanministries at gmail.com. Again, Spellman, the last name, S-P-E-L-L-M-A-N, ministries, plural, at gmail.com. Let us know how the program's impacted. If you've got questions, things you want to be yeah. uh, addressed on the show, let us know about it. That's right. But leave just, leave a, um, a comment or a review on anything you're listening. If you're listening on iTunes, leave a review. If you're listening on um, Google, mm-hmm. leave a review. Podbean, same thing. If it's on Spotify, share it. You know, check it out. That helps the podcast get out there, helps more listeners find it. Yeah. Um, so we do appreciate you guys doing that. If you want to, that would be awesome as well. But we want to leave you guys with this blessing. We That's like to right. end all of our shows with That's this. That's right. Because again, the spoken the, blessing. The goodness of God is shine abroad on us Amen. through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we're going to leave you with this. It says this. May May the Lord Lord bless you, may He keep you, may He make His face to shine upon you, and lift up His countenance upon you, and give you peace. peace.